Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suits podcast. Steve Campbell here with you. Today, we are going to be continuing our series on the cold truth about investing in today's markets. In episode one, in case you missed it, we shared how the markets are really like the ocean tides. Sometimes the tide is high when markets are really overbought, and sometimes the tides are low when everything is starting to pull back. In this episode, we will be sharing how investing is really like riding a roller coaster, that it should be the greatest thrill of your life, even though it may not feel that way. You may want to puke, might want to scream a little bit, but it will be exhilarating if done well when you finally reach the end. But let's be honest, uh, the markets have been on a downturn for the last few months, and a lot of investors are very, very nervous, and we totally get that. We want to give you some context so you can take advantage of this unique buying opportunity. That's right, buying opportunity. We will also be sharing another strategy to take advantage of during this downturn. As always, if you're new to the show, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And we would absolutely love to earn a five-star rating and have you leave a written review. For your review can inspire somebody else to become a believer. Don't forget, Travis and I are just here to help you get the most from your money in life. So this is going to be a continued conversation that you need to hear. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suit. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. Today is going to be uh, episode number two in a three-part series where we've been giving you the cold truth about investing today. You know, there's a lot of investors that are looking at the stock market, looking at their statements and going, what in the world is happening? They're worrying about how concerned they should actually be and if there should be anything that they should be doing. You know, in episode one, we helped you understand really what the stock market is. We talked about ocean tides and how the tide comes in, the tide comes out, and money is really the water. There's buyers and there's sellers. Uh, in this one, though, we want to, again, continue what we did in the first episode, where we're going to give you some context about market volatility and how to really look at it. But at the end, we're also going to give you a takeaway that you can put into action. So we want you to listen to this whole episode because, again, we're here to inspire you, but also give you some actionable items. We don't just want to do, unfortunately, what a lot of uh, influencers or podcasters can do where they you know, make you aware, but then there's really no solution as to what you can do. So stay tuned. Uh, Travis has put together some really thoughtful ideas uh, that we want to share with you. So today we want to talk about market volatility. And again, just like in the first episode where we told you that, you know, the market is like an ocean and there's a tide, we're going to use a visual again in this conversation. So don't want to steal your thunder partner. Why don't you get in and talk about market volatility and give us some context in terms of what we need to think about. So there's no, there's no, let's say good time without a little bit of risk. Right. Sure. Um, and for a lot of, think about thrill seekers, people who they want to hang glide or mountain climb or walk tight ropes or bungee cord or whatever. There's a, there's a degree of risk with all of those things. Yep. And in fact, when you go and you get the ticket, you sign the waiver saying, if I get hurt, I'm not going to hold somebody else liable. I understand that there's risk associated with this. Yep. And the, the greater the thrill, almost always, the the longer that disclosure is that you're signing. Um, and if you actually read it, it talks about all kinds of weird things in there um, that could happen to you. But you do it knowingly because you want the payoff. You want the reward. Yep. So if you put money in investments, let's say five years ago, 
And I don't know the exact returns over the last five years that you would have, but let's pretend you doubled your money in the last five years prior to this year. So you put a hundred thousand in and it's two hundred thousand dollars now and and some investment. Yep. And this year happens and it goes down 25%. So you were you went from a hundred to two hundred, now you're back down to 150. What's the big deal? You're still up 50. Right. So you're still up 50% over five years. That's 10% a year. And yeah, we're halfway through the year. So it's a little bit less. Right. But if you annualize it out, but that's how it works. You wanted to be able to make 100% over five years. With that comes a chance that you could lose or see a drop in prices of 25, 30, 40, even 50%. Yep. That's part of the game. That's part of the ride. It's part of the deal. Anybody who suggested otherwise, you should never talk to again because they don't know what they're talking about. If you can make, the more you can make on it, the more you can lose on it. Yep. People looking for a good deal. I really want to be able to make seven, eight, nine percent. I don't want to risk anything. But then you can't invest. You shouldn't be investing. Hmm. You might be able to buy an insurance contract someplace, right? Hmm. Depending on where interest rates are. But there is no. There is no, I can make significantly above inflation returns with no risk. Yeah. It doesn't exist. And the problem is, is that risk often bears itself out in price fluctuations, which is what we're seeing right now, right? The prices are going up and down. Right now, they're pretty much going down. So the price is down on things and we're saying, oh, well, that's the risk. The risk is showing up. It's showing you that if you had to liquidate it right now, what you're going to get for it. Doesn't mean it's what it's worth. It means what people are going to pay for it right now. Just like last year, you could have sold the thing. Let's say that you bought the investment for 100. Last year, it was worth 200. You could have cashed it out and you could have gone and bought a piece of property for 200,000, right? You could have bought a really fancy car. Yep. You could have bought a boat. You could have bought just about anything, but you didn't. You left it in there because you were hoping it'd go up another 100% over the next five years. And it didn't. This time yep. it went down 25%. So you left it in there, understanding that you could lose it or, or see a drop in price. Now, what happens? It goes down 25% now. It's the same under, if, if, the, if nothing has changed with that particular investment regarding the material construct of the investment and the market outlook for that type of investment, if nothing has changed, might that price double again? Do you still have the same odds of it doubling again in the future? Let's say that I had a you know, probability of returning 10% a year of 80%. Maybe that's changed now because the economic climate has changed. What's it now? Maybe it's 70%. Or maybe it's actually gone up. My, maybe now it's 90% that it's going to do that because it's got a lower starting point. There's already a delta in the price to value. If the value is, uh, let's say, 200 and the price is 150, you should be able to make up 50 before it even creates any more money for you, before the investment even does any better. If it's a company, how does a company make you more money? It pays you a dividend or it makes more profit and more money and, and you get a capital appreciation because more people want to buy it so that those buyers come in and bid the prices up, right? So one is capital growth um, and or capital appreciation and the other one is dividends. So if none of that changed... Just because the price is down, that price should actually catch back up with where it's at. And then if the company keeps growing, maybe you double it again. So nothing's changed. It's yep. just you're on this ride. 
if you're going to get off the roller coaster midway, what are you doing? You're jumping from the top. That's probably not going to work out well for you. So really, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the insanity of this is, is I knew what, it, what, it, what the ride looked like. Cause I'm sitting there in line and I'm watching people on the ride it goes up, it goes down, it goes sideways. That's crazy. It's a crazy ride. I buy the ticket. I wait in line for two hours. I get on the ride. I get to the very top of it. Uh, this is so fun. And then I, it comes swooshing down. You know, it's a hundred miles an hour. It comes down to the bottom of the, the ride. And I'm like, okay, I want out now. So I jump or do I sit there and I hold on tight and I, and I wait for it to come around back to the start point. And so I can get off, you know, and maybe I don't want to ride it anymore after that. That's fine. But you're already on it. Right. And the, these prices are just like the, the different levels of a roller coaster. Basically, you're just rolling, you know, right along. Volatility is part of a good and healthy financial system. So most people who are investing don't like it when people are manipulating the markets, right? When people sure. try to get rich off of that, yep. which is essentially all the market is, is you're, you're hoping that other people come in and are willing to pay more for something than what you paid for. it. That's how you make money in it. So if there's no volatility, that means there's price fixing. That means that there's some other hand involved saying, we're not going to allow the prices to go up or down too much. That's not a fair system. Sure. Yeah. That's not a good system. Right. You know, that's like a, a, if you're a golfer, that's a governor on your golf cart, right? That's somebody saying, yes, the golf cart can go faster. Yes, you're capable of driving faster, but no, we're not going to let you drive any faster because it's not safe for you. Well, if they do that to the stock market, is that what you really want? Do you really want a market where an investment can only go up 3% a year because that's the rate of inflation. Or do you want a market where you can go in there and you can average double or triple what inflation might be on, on your investments? You want that volatility. Well, in order to get that, you got to be on the ride. You can't, you can't have a free lunch, right? There's going to be risk that you don't like. There's going to be ups and downs. The question is, can you control the risks? Well, every investment has a risk profile. So we've talked about diversification and price to value and those types of things. So there are ways to qualify the risk or quantify the risk. But, uh, you know, and that's where I think professional investment managers come in, especially like fee-only advisors who they're not going to get paid more for one investment over another or one company's investment over another company's. You're really looking for that kind of unbiased opinion on, what are my real risks with this investment? Am I going to wake up? And, you know, in the last episode we used, you know, the house burns down, you don't have fire insurance. Am I going to wake up in that situation? Or if the house burns down, do I have insurance? So eventually I'm going to get my money back and I can build a new house. Right. So, yep. so in one case, it stinks, it's an inconvenience. And maybe there's a little bit of trauma there, but I'm going to be fine. In the other case, I've lost something completely and I can never get it back. Yeah. Um, so, but that could be measured. So we can hopefully, if this is being done well, you want the volatility because you want to be able to take advantage of it and you want to have opportunity, which that brings, you want to understand your worst case scenarios, you know, the things that I own, what are the actual risks to their value, not just their price, but what could cause them to go away. But there's an intrinsic tie to them. You can't get away from it. The more you want to make, the more risk there's going to be. 
Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're not making much, there's no risk because because that also is incorrect. <laughs> you you can have a very low return profile and still a very extreme amount of risk. So you have to be careful with that too. But it just means as you climb up the return profile, you better believe there's going to be more risk. And most of that's going to manifest itself in just price fluctuations. And it causes a sequence of return issues. And by that, what I mean is if the market is down 40% today and you want to go sell investments and your investments are down 40%, your stocks are down 40%, you may not want to sell stocks when they're down 40% because you're, you're actually taking the real loss then. Yeah. And that helps you understand who the real winners and let's say the losers are. The winners are the people who understand what's going on in the market. Although they may not like it because they don't like to see their balance go down, they understand that there's opportunities when that happens. Yep. And then that's part of the ride. It's natural. It's no big deal. And it's normally over very short time frames that it's down. It seems like, you know, when you're in the middle of it, it's like, because you're counting every minute, like when's it going to get better? But it's very short time periods in comparison to the, to the time periods where the market actually is performing well. So the winners are the people who understand this and take advantage of it. The losers are the people who panic and, and you know, sell out at the bottom or, or jump off the uh, roller coaster before it comes to a halt. Like, that's literally where you go broke. You, you basically, by not understanding how it works, not understanding your risk, not understanding what the ride's going to look like before you got on, jumping off midway through, you can't do that. You know, and and think about it like this: how many how many deaths actually occur from roller coasters? I don't I don't really recall very many stories, if any, of um, people who have plunged to their death because the 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 cart fell off the roller coaster. Right. Right. So if you just stay there, buckled in, eventually it brings you back safely. You might have thrown up on yourself because it made you so nervous, <laughs> but but it gets you back to the start line, you know? Yep. And, and so, yes, you can buy investments that don't get back to the start line, but that again, back to understanding what you're buying. If you've done a good job with the portfolio design, just ride it. That's what it's designed to do. It's designed to get you from start to finish. Let it do its ups and downs and curls and twirly things and upside down spinneroos and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot more horror stories about people who lost everything because or lost significant amounts because they got out at the bottom than there are of people who fell off a roller coaster. And I, and I think that that's just such a great comparison to, you know, what we're feeling right now, as far as, is it time to run away? Is it time to hide or is it time to try to take advantage of the market? Well, I think your roller coaster analogy is really good for people because before you ever get on a roller coaster, you're assuming that you've had the ability to watch other people go on that roller coaster. It's the same thing with investments. You're never just getting on a ride blind, not knowing what to expect. You calculated a risk and you got on. But that means that you were able to understand what you were getting into. And maybe you're afraid, freaked out, anxious, or nervous because you've recognized that there really has not been a plan to what investments you have. So when you look at your statement, you don't really know what you're looking at other than just what you see You see as the prices of the mutual funds or the ETFs or the stocks or whatever you own are down, and you're freaked out because you don't know how to make sense of it. So I think as we try to tie back, we said in episode one that if you're an investor and you have a plan, this is a great time to be an investor because there's a lot of investments on sales. 
but I would I would almost guess that there's a lot of people on here that aren't feeling extremely optimistic. Maybe they came on to listen because they're trying to validate the fear that they have, and we're not going to let you do that, right? We are here to literally help you and to have a contrarian view on most things in life that there are certain things you can control and certain things you can't. But when it comes to a roller coaster, the hope is that you are able to watch other people have a thrill of their life, get off, high-fiving each other, and you know what to expect. But I think this is the importance of, of planning that we're always going to bring it back to. If you know that you you have all the income that you need, and maybe you just retired, and, and you, you have the income that you need, then those investments are, for most people, maybe just additional funds that they have to support their lifestyle, generational wealth, what have you. So tying it back to financial planning is really key and important to understanding what money actually is as a tool. But to a lot of people out there, they just have thrown money into accounts over the years, whether they worked, now they've entered retirement, and maybe they've never really done anything different. So they don't enjoy the ebbs and the flows because there's not confidence of what they're doing. What Travis and I are trying to do is give you the idea that you don't have to be a victim to what's happening. You can actually be someone that moves the ball forward by having a plan as to what to do with your money when things like this happen. And what better opportunity? We always make it super simple for you. If you walked into any store and you saw that your favorite things were on sale at 50% off, there's value to you. You might buy 10 of those things because you know that there's going to be another time that the price is going to be up. So don't overcomplicate what investing really is. You are buying something that's a, a good, a company, a fund, an ETF, because hopefully you believe that it has the opportunity to go up over time. But what's hard as an investor is if you go back to some of the episodes we did in 28, 29, and 30 on investing, you may be looking at your statement and all you see is mutual funds. So you really have no idea what you actually own. So you're looking at your statement and it's down, but you can't tell why it's down. You can't pinpoint what it is. What's happening to a lot of investors is the investments or securities that they own are down, not because necessarily they're bad companies, but there's somebody on the other end that's selling that's driving the price for everybody down. But what that can do then is if you have money at work or cash available, what we're trying to do is drive you to be inspired to go out and buy really good investments that have strong track records and have the ability to produce real wealth over time. But looking at it as a roller coaster is such a great analogy because it is terrifying for a lot of people. And if you look at chatter that's out there on social media and people that are retired or thinking about retirement, maybe they're considering delaying retirement. Because it seems like everything is going wrong. The stock market, gas prices, inflation, and they're looking for hope. So as we've tried to bring to you, and I think it's really impactful for you to say that volatility is a part of a healthy financial system because no one wants to be manipulated. There will be people that will come out of this when it does eventually recover that will make real money because they're buying some good investments now that other people don't want to have because they're putting a value to owning those companies. What we are trying to do is not only inspire you and give you some optimism, but maybe a couple of really good takeaways that you can start to put to work. So in episode one, you know, we talked about not good money, good money after bad and this fallacy of what that really means. It's a great time to potentially be a buyer, but you have to be really intentional about what you're buying. You're not just throwing your money at the stock market as a whole. Travis, is there anything that in this episode that we can give people as a, a takeaway that they might be able to put in as a part of their planning? I got a fun story. I recently was at um, a local music park uh, called Dollywood and I was with my nephew and we were getting on a roller coaster and he's just a little guy. So there's only certain roller coasters you can go on at this point. Yep. 
and um, we're in line and you can't really see the roller coaster much from where the line started. And as we get closer, you can see that people aren't, they're separated in their seats, right? So there's individual seats. So it's not like a bench where you're sitting next to somebody. Yep. And uh, so now I'm thinking, okay, because he's like, I want to go with Uncle Travis. And I'm thinking, well, he's going to see that and get start to get scared because he's going to have to sit by himself. I'm like, all right, buddy, I'll go with you. And I'm like, but did you see you got to sit by yourself? And he's like, well, I'm not sitting with you. He's like, I'm sitting by you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. And we get closer and it's, you know, swooshing by and everything. I'm like, he's going to start to get nervous. Doesn't get nervous. Doesn't get nervous. Uh, and, and again, I mean, he's just this tiny little guy and we put him in his seat and, you know, help him get buckled in and I'm sitting next to him in my seat buckled in. And, you know, there's obviously there's a space between us. And I look at him and I go, you ready for this? He's like, yep. And I go, okay, well, if you get really excited, why don't you say yeehaw real loud? And he's like, all right. So we get going. The roller coaster starts and I look over at him and his face, he's like squinty eyed and the wind's blowing and he's got this funny look. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if he's going to start bawling. If he's going to throw up. It doesn't look good. And I'm like, and so I reach over and I poke him like, you okay, buddy? And he turns around and he looks at me, he goes, yeehaw. That's awesome. <laughs> and we get all the way to the end and he hops off and he goes, that was freaking awesome. Let's and you know, it, then we walk by the next roller coaster, which is like insanely bigger. And you know, he's too short to go on. And he's like, I want to go on that one. It's so fast. But the point is, is like, maybe we can be your yeehaw here, your yeehaw moment where just because this ride is extreme, doesn't mean you got to be afraid of it. Sure. You could still have fun in it. Right. You could still take advantage of it, understanding how money works, understanding how the markets work. And so our clients and the clients, especially the clients I work with, one of the things I tried to do is condition or explain to them the opportunities that are going to happen when this type of event happens. So this is like your plan, you know, like when you're saying you should have a plan when when the market does this, what are you going to do? So think about it like this. If you have uh, some some investments that you've had for a long time that are, they don't really grow much, but you didn't want to sell them because you didn't want to pay the taxes on them or whatever. And, and, uh, um, or you, you were really weren't sure, you know, it, it used to be worth X. The price came down to Y, you know, I want to wait till it gets back to X. Well, so let's say that you have a low growth kind of, I call them legacy holdings companies that maybe used to be really good or investment funds that used to be really good, but they've kind of like time has passed them by and they're, they're no longer, great investments anymore. So you've got that group of investments and then you've got a group of investments that are really good growth, you know, future looking growth companies um, or funds, but their prices beat up just because that tide went out and all the prices are down. Yep. Make a horizontal shift, reset yourself, move from the low growth stuff that's down still, you know, and, and, and we're from originally, um, upstate New York was where IBM is from. So a lot of people would have like IBM stock and yep. they were stuck it with the IBM stock from the heyday when the stock with the, and the company was growing a ton. I'm not saying, you know, sell your IBM stock. That's not what I'm saying, but what I'm using as an example, that is no longer the same growth company that it was 30 years ago. So if you're looking for something that can grow exponentially, you might look for a more modern company that has some s- significant advantages in whatever market it's participating in. So the return profile is much, much higher. So if both of them are down right now, 
why not make a horizontal change and go from a low growth opportunity to a high growth opportunity? Because you're not overpaying for it now. So you you have this investment where its price is consistently below its value. Um, and then you have another investment where its price is normally well above its value. But for right now, because of the market conditions, the price is way down. Take advantage of that. Jump on something that has a lot of recovery room, plus a lot of room to continue to make exponential growth versus something that just doesn't. There's not a lot of room for it even to recover. And then there's still not a lot of room for it to make additional growth on top of that. So you can make this horizontal change where you kind of out with the old in with the new, and you can take advantage of those opportunities. Even better, let's think about it from a tax standpoint. Let's say, because we get this sometimes with a client will come and they have investments they've had for 20 years and they've never sold them. So they have a lot of capital gains and not necessarily great growth investments. In fact, they kind of match what we just talked about, but they'd have a lot of taxes if they sold them. And so it kind of, because their tax situation slows down how quickly they can rotate out of that investment. Well, if the stock price just came down for that investor, the price if it's a fund or whatever it is, just came way down and all the gains were wiped out or the vast majority of the gains were wiped out. Don't wait for it to recover. Make that horizontal change. Get from the low growth thing that you don't want anymore over to the higher growth opportunity that you do want and do it while the taxes are minimized because the price is down. Yeah. So it, it will allow you to make some strategic changes that you otherwise would be kind of paralyzed into making or owe a big tax bill to make. So- um, I think that when you look at these dynamics and everything that's going on and the dichotomy between risk and return and understanding your actual investments and, okay, how do I make this fun? How do I pick up, how do I actually pick up value, right? How do I pick up opportunity here with what's going on? How do I take advantage of this situation? Um, both to fix maybe some things that I've had that I've need to work on for a while. And also, can I take advantage of some irrationality from others. Well, I think that's a great point too, because in the first episode we talked about, you know, what if you had a lot of cash on hand? And maybe in that first episode you were like, well, that's not me. So what do I do? I, I think the strategy that you just said is really great for people that are maybe a hundred percent invested. Hundred percent invested, maybe you have a mix of stocks to bonds, funds, securities, what have you, but you are a hundred percent invested. So there's no cash to work with. You're wondering, okay, Steve, Travis, you've got me all excited. You've told me to go out and be a buyer, but I don't have anything that I can use to buy things. What we're talking about is looking at what you do currently own and being really strategic. You know, Pick out those investments, like you just said, that are low growth. And maybe that's only three of 15 holdings that you have and shift those over to things that are more, grow more growth oriented. Don't overcomplicate what we are saying to you and don't be stuck as a prisoner in your own system. Look at what you have. Do your due diligence, be prudent, like you've been saying, and just be really smart, right? If if, if you're scared, do do there's there's always risk in doing nothing, but there's also the thrill of doing something and having it pay off. So what we're trying to do, give you in this one, maybe a horizontal shift, taking those low growth, maybe moving into things that are really beat up, right? And that's the whole key point. If you have something that was um, at $100 price and it's now at $50 a price, but it's more growth oriented, you're shifting out of that low growth into a position that has all that upside to go back up, right? So this is where you can be really intentional about what you're owning. So we are here to inspire you, to give you some hope that this isn't the end of the world, uh, that there are real opportunities for you to control things that maybe you can control. 
be prudent, be wise, be intentional about what you're doing. Take these strategies, use them if you want to. But again, our hope is uh, to always help you get the most from your money in life. We wanted to take some time to pause about the fact that there are a lot of people turning on the nightly news and they're really freaked out. But what if we told you that you don't have to be? So stay tuned. We got one more episode in the series talking about the cold truth about investing. Uh, we think it's going to be a great conversation. Again, we're giving you one more strategy you can walk away with. So thanks for being our guest. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this entire episode. Uh, we hope that this information has inspired you and empowered you to go out and live your best life. But let's be honest, you might have a question or two about some of the things we talked about today. If this is you, Travis and I are here to help in any way that we can. You can reach out to us and follow us on social media on Facebook at CPG. You can send us an email, uh, info at cpg.com. Just let us know in the email. This is in regards to ditch the suits, a question or topic you might want us to cover. Or you can visit our website, which is seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. Head up to that right corner, fill out that contact us button, and just let us know in the comments that this is in regards to Ditch the Suits. If you have a question, a series of questions, or anything we can do to help you on your journey to financial freedom, Travis and I are here to help. So again, it's your money and it's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. Our job is to make sure you get the most out of it. Thanks for being our guest. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.